Section ninety six of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter one hundred and twenty seven. London, January fourteenth, Old Style, seventeen fifty one. My dear friend, among the many good things Mr. Hart has told me of you, two in particular gave me great pleasure. The first, that you are exceedingly careful and jealous of the dignity of your character. That is the sure and solid foundation upon which you must both stand and rise. A man's moral character is a more delicate thing than a woman's reputation of chastity. A slip or two may possibly be forgiven her, and her character may be clarified by subsequent and continued good conduct. But a man's moral character once tainted is irreparably destroyed. The second was that you had acquired a most correct and extensive knowledge of foreign affairs, such as the history, the treaties, and the forms of government of the several countries of Europe. This sort of knowledge, little attended to here, will make you not only useful, but necessary in your future destination, to carry you very far. He added that you wanted from hence some books relative to our laws and constitution, our colonies, and our commerce, of which you know less than those of any other part of Europe. I will send you what short books I can find of that sort, to give you a general notion of those things, but you cannot have time to go into their depths at present. You cannot now engage with new folios. You and I will refer the constitutional part of this country to our meeting here, when we will enter seriously into it, and read the necessary books together. In the meantime, go on in the course you are in, of foreign matters, converse with ministers and others of every country, watch the transactions of every court, and endeavor to trace them up to their source. This, with your physics, your geometry, and your exercises, will be all that you can possibly have time for at Paris, for you must allow a great deal for company and pleasures. It is they that must give you those manners, that address, that tournure of the beau monde, which will qualify you for your future destination. You must first please, in order to get the confidence, and consequently the secrets, of the courts and ministers for whom and with whom you negotiate. I will send you by the first opportunity a short book written by Lord Bolingbroke, under the name of Sir John Oldcastle, containing remarks upon the history of England, which will give you a clear general notion of our Constitution, and which will serve you at the same time, like all Lord Bolingbroke's works, for a model of eloquence and style. I will also send you Sir Josiah Child's little book upon trade, which may be properly called the commercial grammar. He lays down the true principles of commerce, and his conclusions from them are generally very just. Since you turn your thoughts a little toward trade and commerce, which I am very glad you do, I will recommend a French book to you, which you will easily get at Paris, and which I take to be the best book in the world of that kind. I mean the Dictionnaire de Commerce de Savourie, in three volumes in folio, where you will find every one thing that relates to trade, commerce, specie, exchange, etc., most clearly stated, and not only relative to France, but to the whole world. You will easily suppose that I do not advise you to read such a book, tout de suite, but I only mean that you should have it at hand, to have recourse to occasionally. With this great stock of both useful and ornamental knowledge, which you have already acquired, and which, by your application and industry, you are daily increasing, you will lay a solid foundation of future figure and fortune, that if you complete it by the accomplishments of manners, graces, etc., I know nothing which you may not aim at, and in time hope for. 
your great point at present at paris to which all other considerations must give way is to become entirely a man of fashion to be well-bred without ceremony easy without negligence steady and intrepid with modesty genteel without affectation insinuating without meanness cheerful without being noisy frank without indiscretion and secret without mysteriousness to know the proper time and place for whatever you say or do and to do it with an air of condition all this is not so soon nor so easily learned as people imagine but requires observation and time the world is an immense folio which demands a great deal of time and attention to be read and understood as it ought to be you have not yet read above four or five pages of it and you will have but barely time to dip now and then in other less important books lord albemarle has i know wrote to a friend of his here that you do not frequent him so much as he expected and desired that he fears somebody or other has given you wrong impressions of him and that i may possibly think from your being so seldom at his house that he has been wanting in his attentions to you i told the person who told me this that on the contrary you seemed by your letters to me to be extremely pleased with lord albemarle's behaviour to you but that you were obliged to give up dining abroad during your course of experimental philosophy i guessed the true reason which i believe was that as no french people frequent his house you rather choose to dine at other places where you were likely to meet with better company than your countrymen and you were in the right of it however i would have you show no shyness to lord albemarle but go to him and dine with him oftener than it may be you would wish for the sake of having him speak well of you here when he returns he is a good deal in fashion here and his puffing you to use an awkward expression before you return here will be of great use to you afterward people in general take characters as they do most things upon trust rather than be at the trouble of examining them themselves and the decisions of four or five fashionable people in every place are final more particularly with regard to characters which all can hear but few can judge of do not mention the least of this to any mortal and take care that lord albemarle do not suspect that you know anything of the matter lord huntington and lord stormont are i hear arrived at paris you have doubtless seen them lord stormont is well spoken of here however in your connections if you form any with them show rather a preference to lord huntington for reasons which you will easily guess mr hart goes this week to cornwall to take possession of his living he has been installed at windsor he will return here in about a month when your literary correspondence with him will be regularly carried on your mutual concern at parting was a good sign for both i have this moment received good accounts of you from paris go on vous êtes en bon train adieu end of section ninety six read by professor heather and by for more free audiobooks or to volunteer please visit librivox.org